and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show, a podcast for counsellors and therapists. With me, Jane Travis, I'm an ex-counsellor that now helps other therapists to grow their practice and to attract more clients more easily. So let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome back. And if it's your first time here, it's really great that you found us. I hope you enjoy your stay. Now then, today, I'm going to talk a little bit about, well, I'm going to talk about a really, really simple little trick. So this is for you if you feel a bit awkward about charging your clients, or if you feel a bit awkward about raising your fees or enforcing boundaries about payments for missed sessions, something like that. Because I think for many therapists, this can feel really tricky. And I certainly know that it was for me. So if that does sound familiar to you, then listen up. Because in this podcast, I'm going to share with you a ridiculously simple way to change how you feel about charging clients. Okay, a little bit of background. When I was at school, English was my very favourite subject. I loved words. I love words. I still love words. I love a well-written book with its intricate descriptions that paint pictures of characters and scenery and emotions. And my favourite marketing activity is blogging, you know, using words to convey my messages in a fun, simple way. Doing that, writing a good blog post makes me feel really good. And let's not forget that I wrote a book, the Grow Your Private Practice book. So, you know, yeah, I do love writing. And I also love journaling. Now, when I was still a counsellor, I used to give every new client a notebook and I invited them to journal because, do you know, there's something so incredibly powerful about finding just the right word to accurately express your thoughts and feelings. I mean, it's just amazing. If you journal, I'm sure you understand. And I still love learning about writing. I've got a shelf full of copywriting books on my, you know, on my bookcase. So yeah, I love how powerful words can be. And when I was still seeing clients, I was always hugely aware of the words that a client would use within our counselling sessions. So I'd noticed that they might say sorry a lot. I'm sure you've noticed that too. Or they'd maybe talk about what they should do or what they'd try to do or what they need to do. Or they'd do something like tell me about how guilty or selfish that they feel if they ever wanted to meet one of their own needs or God forbid say no to somebody. So, for example, if I noticed a client talking about feeling guilty a lot, then we'd explore this. We'd look at, you know, what does feeling guilty mean to you? What is the definition of guilt? What does, you know, does saying no to someone, for example, mean that they're a bad person and have done something wrong? And then I'd look at alternative words. You know, I'd maybe explore how it might feel if they exchanged the word guilt which is admitting that you've done something wrong, for a word like regret or unfortunate. So instead of saying, I feel guilty for not picking people from the airport at two o'clock in the morning, if that changed to it's unfortunate that their flight arrived at 2am because I couldn't pick them up at that time, it's it's different, isn't it? Guilty is saying that you've done something wrong. And most of the time, people haven't done something wrong. It's so interesting, isn't it? Can you see just by how changing that word, it makes a real difference? So as a counsellor, I'd invite that client to really become fully aware 
of using whatever that word is. So whether it's guilt or sorry or something like that, really become aware of how often they might say that over the week. And then really the interesting thing is once they become aware of it, something changes internally for them. And these these small internal shifts can make a massive difference. And another example, recently I was talking to a friend and they were telling me that they didn't want to be selfish. Basically, they were worried about being selfish because they wanted to do something that they wanted to do. Now, trust me, this person is the polar opposite of being selfish. I don't think he's ever been selfish in his life. So I talked to them about what being selfish selfish actually means. And being selfish means doing what you want to do regardless of the needs of others. And he didn't realise that. So they'd been calling themselves selfish like forever. And now he's aware of this and he's changing that word to something more suitable I think he's probably going to see a change there because he's going to stop feeling selfish and he's going to just, you know, it's not going to have that same impact on him. Now, maybe you do something similar with clients too. It's interesting, isn't it? Because words are important and words are really powerful. And there's a small change in language that will work in your business too. Now, counselling is a helping profession. We help people in need. But it's the word help that can really trip us up and cause us some problems because how can we charge people that are in need of help? I mean, you wouldn't help an old person over the road and then hold out your hand expecting to be paid, would you? And if I was struggling with a leaky tap and somebody offered to help me with it, to be honest, I'd be really miffed if I received an invoice afterwards. Help is something that's given. Help is something that's free. And help is given freely. Help is charitable and help is given as a gift. Now, I know so many counsellors and therapists that really struggle with charging clients, increasing their fees, enforcing boundaries for missed appointments. And I completely get it. It can sometimes feel wrong, almost like you're taking advantage of people that are in distress. But of course you're not. You know, you're a professional that's running a business. This is where the power of words can help you to change your mindset around this. So what is therapy? Now, just bear with me for a moment here. Let's have a think about what therapy is. Because from the outside, the skills of the therapist aren't always immediately apparent. You know, you sit with a client, possibly you don't even say very much, but that's where the skills lie. What you do is intense. You practice active listening, which sounds like such an easy thing to do, but you know it really isn't. You know, you listen to what people actually say. You look at how they say it. You notice their body language. You also notice things that they're not saying. You notice patterns and you use all of the counselling skills that you've learned, you know, reflecting, questioning, paraphrasing, silence, challenging, all of the good stuff. You listen to the complete message and you do all of that, focusing on the client absolutely completely for 50 or 60 minutes. Now, that is extremely hard work. It's exhausting. It's demanding and it impacts us. You know, we listen to stories of pain and cruelty every day, and this can be emotionally depleting. The impact of your work 
can lead to vicarious trauma, which is a result of like having an empathetic engagement with clients that are traumatized. And that's a real thing. And a lot of a lot of counsellors can struggle with that, especially if you have a heavy caseload or what you work with regularly is very, very difficult. And what we hear can cause us to have a negative worldview, which colours our lives. So if you are constantly hearing about, you know, relationships ending and one partner doing horrible things to another partner, that can actually impact on your own relationships. And therapists are at risk of burnout, anxiety and depression. And this is why it always feels a little bit galling when people think we just have a chat over a cuppa. I don't know if you feel that. So how can the power of language change this? So here's my super simple, really clear, easy and effective solution. Okay. And it's so simple that if you were having to pay for this podcast, you'd probably ask for your money back. But look, it is really, really clever. What I'm going to ask you to do or what I'm going to invite you to do is to change the word help to work. Let me tell you what I mean. So when somebody asks what you do, instead of saying, I'm a therapist and I help people to feel better about themselves or whatever it is that you say, rather than that, say, I'm a, I'm a therapist and I work with people to feel better about themselves. Subtle, right? On your website, instead of saying, I will help you to manage your anxiety or again, whatever fits your niche, you'll say, I work with you to manage your anxiety. And there are other other times you can use this over your website, over your calls to action. So you could say something like, let's work together to explore your thoughts and emotions, or I will work with you to discover the root causes of your concerns, or by working with me, you will develop the skills and insights necessary to improve your relationships. Or my goal is to work collaboratively with you to discover your unique needs and goals. Or we will work together to manage and reduce the symptoms of anxiety and depression. Or I will work with you to heal from the emotional pain which is holding you back. Can you see how just, you know, those are the sorts of things we'll often say on our website, aren't they? Or on our directory entries. So you can see it's just a really, really subtle change. But my goodness, it makes a difference. It makes a difference on how you feel about it. And it makes a difference as well on the person that's reading it. They're seeing that you recognise that this is going to be work. So you could check your thesaurus, you know, you could look for other words that you might want to use. So you could use words like assist or facilitate or boost or encourage or invite, you know, get creative, use different words to talk about, you know, the fact that you help or work with people. So your action step for this episode is to check your social media bios, check your website, check your directory entries and have a look if you're using help on there, and I'm sure you are because we just tend to, don't we? And I'd like you to go on there and make a change, change it from from help and change it to work. It just makes such a subtle difference. Also on your social media or on your blogs, just check the calls to action that you put at the bottom. So you know the call to action. So somebody reads a blog post right at the end, you'll give them an action that you want them to take. So it might be contact me for further information or whatever. 
So check all of your call to actions and make sure that you don't say help in there or say work, you know, let, you know, just make that difference. So, you know, try it. And I'd love to know how you get on. So, you know, today, like I say, we've looked at something that's so simple, but we looked at how changing the word help to work is one of those small, subtle changes that really packs a punch. And this simple change is going to impact how you feel about the work that you do, making you feel more comfortable around charging a fee. Because every time you see it, it's going to remind you that what you do is hard work. It's intensive. It's intense, hard work. You know, you've trained hard to do what you do. You've jumped through hoops. You've, you know, taken qualifications and learned so much. And what you do now is change people's lives. Sometimes you save people's lives. You know, it's valuable. It's invaluable. And sometimes it's priceless, important work. And the nature of the work you do, well, it can have a negative impact on you personally. So you deserve to be financially rewarded for the difficult work that you do. You are a professional therapist. Even if you have imposter syndrome, that doesn't alter the fact that you are a professional therapist. You might love what you do, but it's still work and you deserve to be paid adequately. Okay, I'm going to stop ranting now, but I'd love you to try this and tell me if it made a difference. So look, find me on social media. On Instagram, you'll find me at Grow Your Private Practice or on LinkedIn. Have a search for Jane Travis and it's Jane without a Y and hop on over and let me know if you've tried this and let me know if it's made any difference for you. You know, if you do have issues around making more money or you want to charge or struggle with boundaries and feel guilty, then, you know, why not go and get the Grow Your Private Practice book where we have a comprehensive look at your money mindset, along with ideas on how to make a change. So, you know, go and look for Grow Your Private Practice over on Amazon and grab yourself a copy. Okay, so that's it today. It's been really lovely talking to you. I hope that you found that useful and I look forward to seeing you again next time. You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me this week. And if you're ready to take action to grow your practice, check out growyourprivatepractice.co.uk. Bye for now.